Well, welcome everybody to all of our campuses, many throughout the Twin Cities today. So glad you made it to church on a beautiful Minnesota day. I also want to welcome those of you who are watching online, joining us online. As a part of our congregation, we do welcome you warmly today. Thanks for joining us. And uh, a real special welcome to those of you who are students here today, whether you're watching online or one of our campuses, uh, especially if you're away from home for the first time, that can be very unsettling. I just want to welcome you. You know, college for some people, they loved college. For me, I never did, never liked school at all. Uh, it was filled with, and part of it was filled with insecurity for me when I was away at school. Uh, four years of feeling unsettled and anxious because I was trying to fit in, trying to figure out who my friends were, wanted to be included and loved. And I think that's the desire of every human heart, which is why I'm so excited that all of you are here today or watching online because we are starting a new series in Ephesians called Battle Ready. And the idea is that life, I think, I believe really is a battle for every one of us. You know, I don't know anybody, honestly, who isn't facing some kind of struggle, whether it's with a roommate or conflict at work or at home or being single. You know, for some, it's an ongoing battle with infertility. Uh, for some, it's, it's a battle with, you know, having lost a child and that, that ache just continues or with a failed past. For others, it's battling anxiety or depression. In fact, I just recently read a study, uh, studied a thousand women, found that 81% of them suffered from anxiety at least once a week. 80% of all women struggle with anxiety in some form, once a week. A month ago, I received an email from a 20-something girl that said this, struggling with depression and anxiety is defeating for me most days. Just this morning, she says, I cried uncontrollably for reasons I couldn't figure out, and it's so frustrating. I can tell you, after 35 years of leading a church, that every person struggles with something. Every marriage, no matter how good it is, struggles with something. Every family, every relationship has problems and struggles with something. But in Jesus Christ, we do have access to a new life and a new identity. And that's what we want to talk about in this series, to remind you over and over and over again, not what your parents think of you or your peers or your teachers think of you, but what God thinks of you. In fact, Ephesians 2, kind of a key verse says, you once lived in this world without God. You once lived without God and without any hope. But now, the writer says, now, present tense, you belong. You belong to Jesus Christ. And when you belong to Christ, that changes everything. I, uh, I'd never been to WeFest, the country music festival in northern Minnesota that happens every year. Really not my thing. But I am an Eric Church fan. Any, anybody in the church choir here, Eric Church fans? I'm not, I'm not a fan of his drinking songs, but his album Chief was album of the year in 2013. Springsteen was just a fantastic song, was song of the year. Well, the guy who ran WeFest attends our church, and he's actually fairly normal. Uh, <laughs> Tomcat is his name, Tom, K-A-T-T, -T, Tomcat, and his wife Lynn ran WeFest, and they invited my son David and his wife Sarah and myself up to see Eric Church in concert a few years ago uh, with some backstage passes. And the plan was to drive up three hours north to Detroit Lakes, watch the concert that began at 11 p.m., four hours past my bedtime practically, drive back home and just collapse into bed at four in the morning. 
And it was crazy, but off we went. Tomcat said, I'll leave three passes for you along the VIP parking pass. Pull in, walk through the gate that says production crew only. So drove up, got our passes. Everything was in place, like he said. Walked up to this big sign, production crew only. And the back of the stage was right there. I mean, towering 80 feet high, 70,000 crazy fans on the other side, yelling and singing to Big and Rich and all the country greats. We walked up to the production crew only gate and there was this little elderly lady standing there with an orange security vest on and we showed her our passes and we said, we're with Tomcat. She said, well, sorry, I don't know who you are. You can't come in. I said, I'm Bob Merritt. <laughs> I said, uh, do you know Tomcat, I said. She said, well, I know Tomcat, but how do I know that you know Tomcat? I said, well, here's our passes with TK's initials and our VIP parking pass. She said, sorry, that's not good enough. I said, look, we just drove up three hours from Twin Cities. TK told us to meet him right here. And then in a pathetic sort of tone, I said, I'm his pastor. She said, I don't care if you're the Pope. You're not getting in. No kidding. That's what she said. And in that moment, nothing mattered. Not our passes, names, VIP status, not even being a pastor could get us in. A little lady with a, you know orange vest kept us out. And there was nothing we could do about it. By the way, have you ever felt that way? that you thought you were part of the in crowd only to be shut out completely. I'm telling you, our only way in was through the man himself. And so I called Tomcat on my cell phone. He said, I'll be there in just a second. Out of this sea of humanity emerges, you know, TK with his cowboy hat and boots and uh, came up to this lady. He smiled at the lady and he looked at us and he said, come on in. I looked at her and I said, see? I mean, the only way in, the only way in was through Tomcat himself who led us right on stage. And just like that, we went from being rejected to being included 10 feet away from Eric Church, the man himself. It was awesome. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> I thought, you know what? There's nothing, nothing like being included. Nothing like being chosen. That's the theme of Ephesians, that you and I have been chosen by God, have access to a backstage kind of life, a brand new kind of life. Verse three says, look, we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessings like being chosen, being redeemed or valued, being loved, and forgiven by God. How do you get access to these spiritual blessings? The Bible says you have to be in Christ. All through the book of Ephesians, the writer uses the phrases in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. For example, in verse three, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse five, he adopted us as his kids through Christ. Another verse, we have forgiveness and freedom through Christ, all of these blessings about being adopted, chosen, forgiven, are given to those of us who are in Christ. So I have a question for all of you. Are you in Christ? 
A lot of you are in church today. You're in school or in a business. You're online. But are you in Christ? And does Jesus Christ reside in you by his Holy Spirit because of your faith in him? It's through the man himself that you get backstage and are included in all these blessings that God has for you. So to get all of us battle ready for whatever life throws at us, I want to show you four things that you have if you are in Christ. First thing is this, you're chosen. I love this. Look what the verse says. God chose us, look at this, before the creation of the world. Think of that. God had you in mind before the world began. That's how special, unique you are. God chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. The verse goes on, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters. Again, here's that phrase. It only comes through Christ. This verse says God chose us before the world began. Think of that. It means God had you in mind before anything existed. By the way, I love to be chosen. I don't know about you. I, can't, I still can't believe that Laurie Thompson chose me to be her husband of her own free will. She did it just freely. We were 16 when this was taken. We, you know, that was way back when. Sometimes she can't believe it either that she chose me. And you have no idea the competition I had to beat out to get her. But she chose me, and, she, and here's the thing. She still chooses me every single day, even though now I'm bald and pathetic. <laughs> Do you know what it's like? Do you know what it's like to be chosen and accepted by another person of their own free will, or a teammate, teacher, friend, or God himself? Gang, the Bible says that God chose you. God chose you, had you in mind even before you were born or the earth created. And the verse goes on, in love, he, and I love this word, he predestined you. It means that God has a destiny for your life. First of all, to know him. That's the number one destiny God has for every human being. But God has a unique destiny. It predestined means that God preordained, predetermined uh, a destiny or purpose for your unique life. Now, you might not know what your unique purpose or destiny is because it might be buried under layers of sin, layers of regret. But I'm telling you, God's destiny for your life is still there waiting to emerge if you confess your sins and put your life and your faith in him. Number one, God chose you, predestined you to before the world began. Second, you are valued. Some of you don't feel that. Some of you feel devalued. Many years ago, my wife tore a, tore a page out of a magazine and said, look what this 13-year-old girl said to her mother. The girl said, I hate you. I wish you would die. But first, can you drive me and Cheryl to the mall? <laughs> what a twerp. Yeah. No wonder parents feel devalued at times. 
But if we base our value on what a 13-year-old thinks of us, we're in big trouble, I gotta tell you. Or even, or even what our boss thinks of us. Or our neighbor, coach, parent, or sister. Who cares what your sister-in-law thinks of you? Who cares? The only question that really matters is what does God, what does God think of you? And the Bible says God's crazy about you. Ephesians 1.7, in Christ, here's that phrase again, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Now, the word redemption means to be restored to its original value. We all have value, but sometimes it gets tarnished by sin. But when you redeem something, you restore it to its value, and you are so valuable, every single one of you, that Jesus spilled his blood to save you. That was the price that God paid to redeem you. I wonder today where we're getting our value from, some of us. You know, some of you grew up with an unpleasant or unpleasable parent, and no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough. So if you got C's, they wanted B's. If you got B's, they wanted A's. If you got straight A's, they wanted extracurricular activity. You might be in your 30s today or 40s, or even your 50s, and you're still trying to gain your parents' approval. They might even be dead by now, but in the back of your mind, you're hearing, you're not good enough, never were. And you're still listening to your parents' voice instead of God's voice. Can I be honest? If you didn't get your parents' approval as a child, you're probably never going to get it. But let me say something that's even more important. You don't need it. You don't need your parents' approval to be happy in life. There's seven billion other people on the planet. Is it okay if one or two of them don't like you very much? There's all kinds of people who don't like me. So what? There's plenty of others who will. But understand, everyone, every, understand that you will never feel completely valued until you find your value in Jesus, who so values you that he bled on a cross to redeem your life, if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have given his life for you, every single one of you. So to become battle-ready for whatever life throws at us, you have to remember you're chosen, you're valued, and you have to reject what you are not. You are not what others think of you. You are not your past. You are not your failures. You are not your degrees, looks, body shape, or financial position. You are none of those things. In Christ, you are chosen. It's amazing. You are chosen and valued by God. Third thing is you're loved. You're loved in Christ. There it is again. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and the riches of God's, love this word, God's grace that he lavished, love that word. God lavishes his grace. It, it means he just pours it out on us. When our kids were young, my parents lived on Mille Lacs Lake and whenever we drove up to vi visit them, it was always the same. My mother, grandma, would burst out of the house beaming with delight that the, that the grandkids were there and the kids would run up and she would hug them so hard they would disappear into her apron. And then she held each of their faces in her hands and just smothered them with kisses. And then, while asking them a dozen questions, 
She would lead them into her kitchen, and on the kitchen table, there was always sweet rolls and cookies and all kinds of stuff. Then with crumbs still on their face, she would pull down two or three board games and get down on the floor and play with them for an hour or two after dinner. It was always the same thing. Off to portside bait shop and pick out any candy you want on the shelf. And then when it was all over to leave, big hugs and kisses again and a $5 bill in each of their pockets. Grandpa was like, see ya. I've had enough. But grandma lavished her love on them. Why? Because they were good? No. They weren't that good. Better than your kids. I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen your kids. She did it, not because our kids were good. She did it because that was her nature, to lavish grace and love on their life. And that's God's nature. He can't help himself. He lavishes his love and grace on every one of us. And I want to show you a 30-second clip, just 30 seconds, of a boy with Down syndrome who was away from his dad for a week, the longest time he'd ever been away from his dad in his life. I want you to see what happened when this boy returned at the airport, lavishing kind of love, watch. We all want that, don't we? I'm telling you. If an earthly dad can love his son like that, the heavenly father, his love is perfect. He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to just Embrace and respond to his love. God loves you. He does. Doesn't matter what you've done. He made you. He knows everything about you. God loves you. Fourth thing, final thing, you're forgiven. Oh, in Christ, there it is again, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Let me just touch on this briefly because the next verse describes what this is all about. God chose us in Christ to be holy, and look at this, blameless in his sight. When it says that we're blameless in God's sight, it means that God no longer blames us for our sins. Here's what God does. He looks at us through the perfection of his son, Jesus Christ, who paid for our sins on a cross. And so now when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. And he says, you now are blameless in my sight. Doesn't matter what you've done or how many times you've done it. 
If you are in Christ, God says your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. Jesus paid the price for you, so no, God no longer blames you. Now, the problem is we can be forgiven, and so, many of us are forgiven because we've put our faith in Christ, but some of us don't feel forgiven because it's possible to be forgiven and still not feel it. To be forgiven and still struggle with feelings of guilt and shame and regret over past sins. And here's the reason why that happens. While forgiveness is permanent, the effects of sin are persistent. This is so important for you to understand. You can be completely forgiven. Forgiveness is permanent. But I'm telling you, the effects of sin can last a long time. God forgives any and all sins. He will forgive dishonesty, theft, abuse, divorce, abortion, sexual sin. If you repent of any of those sins, you are completely forgiven and blameless in his sight. But the effects of those sins can persist for a long time. That's why I tell people all the time, especially young people, but everybody, be very careful how you live your life. Be very careful the choices that you make because while forgiveness, you can be forgiven of anything, sins, the effects of sins can linger for a long time and block you from finding your God-given purpose. But there's one other thing about forgiveness. Some of you don't feel forgiven because there's unforgiveness in your heart for another person who hurt you. And gang, I get it. I do. Maybe what somebody did to you was just absolutely horrible. Maybe somebody lied about you or betrayed you or walked away from you or stole from you. And what they did was un, what? unforgivable. But honestly, just as a pastor who loves you, honestly, who's your unforgiveness really hurting? I think it's really hurting the person who is carrying that unforgiveness in their heart. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will get hurt by that. Unforgiveness is really corrosive to our souls. It eats away at us. I'm telling you, the only way to get free of that and find a sense of peace and joy is to ask God to free you. Now, let me be clear. Forgiveness does not mean that you begin trusting the person who hurts you. That could be foolish doesn't mean you trust them. It doesn't mean you forget what they did. You may have to remember what they did so it doesn't happen again. It doesn't mean you have to reconcile with that person. It doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with them. For forgiveness simply means that you let them go and you let God deal with them so that you can be free. That's what forgiveness is. So that you can be free. Let God deal with it. He sees it. He knows what happened. God is just. In his time and in his way, God will repay. That's what the Bible tells us. Let him do it. Let him do it. Now, how do you go from knowing these things, knowing that you're chosen, knowing that you're forgiven in Christ, how do you go from knowing those things intellectually to actually experiencing them, feeling them deep in your soul. Two things I want to give you real quick. you got to saturate your mind with God's truth all week long. 
I have been looking at these words. Bob, you're chosen, you're valued, you're loved, you're forgiven. I've been studying those words and letting them sink deeply into my soul. Finally, they're taking hold, but it takes time. I urge you to read Ephesians 1 every day this week so it finally seeps into your soul, God's truth, to counter all the garbage that gets thrown at us every single day. Second way is this. You gotta live like you're chosen. Fastest way to experience and feel like you're chosen and forgiven is you gotta live like it. Look at the verse says here in Ephesians, God chose us to be, here's the word, holy. Not perfect, but there's a holiness and blameless before him. God wants us to live differently than the average person lives. If you're chosen, gang, then live like it. By living a holier life, a young woman waited for me after a Saturday night service recently, so I motioned to a colleague to join me, and this woman her, her 20s said to me, Bob, I feel so hopeless. She said, I've been coming to your church for six months, and it's been fantastic. God's been changing me, but I feel so hopeless because I'm that person you were talking about in your message tonight about sexual sin. She said, I've actually been a call girl. I've slept with dozens of men. And I feel like there's no hope for redemption. And my heart broke because normally people who fall into that were abandoned or abused as a child. So I assured her that God loves her. I, I told her that if she confessed her sins and put her faith in Christ, she could be forgiven of all of her sins. Her inner scars would take time to heal, so I prayed that that would begin. But then I said these words to her. I said, look, in order for you to feel God's choosing and feel God's forgiveness, you have to live like it every day. You have to leave your old life of sin. You have to start living every day a holy life before him because here's the truth. If we just keep on sinning, we won't feel forgiven. We won't feel chosen. We won't feel complete in Christ. And so to feel forgiven and valued and loved, you gotta live like it. Live a life of obedience and holiness before God. Uh, for years, I had a Chesapeake Bay Retriever hunting dog bear who chose me every single day for 13 years. Every day I walked through the door after work, she was the first one to greet me. Every time I left the home, she kind of whined and watched me leave. She slept right next to me beside our bed, and she danced with joy every time I walked through our door. My wife never danced <laughs> for joy. My kids were like, ah, eh, dad's home, whatever. But every single day for 13 years, my dog chose me. Didn't matter how badly I messed up. Didn't matter what kind of mood I was in. Every time I walked through our door, it was kind of comical. She would bound toward me, slide across the wood floor, banging into the kitchen table, and then she'd do figure eights inside and outside my legs. Pure joy that I was home. Five years ago, on the same morning, that I fulfilled a lifelong dream to harvest a doll sheep in Alaska. That same morning, Bear laid down in one of her favorite places beside the kitchen table, and she never got up. That was it. 
I called my wife on a sat phone from Alaska. I was all excited to tell her about the day. And Laurie didn't want to tell me. But our two kids said, Mom, you got to tell Dad. you got to tell him on the phone. When I heard her say the words, Bob, I'm so sorry, but this morning Bear laid down and died. I almost lost it. I don't cry very often, but I sat there on a stump in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, and I just cried. Our vet, Dave Howe, attends this church, came over. He was so caring. To my wife, who was home alone, he said, I'll keep Bear for you and for Bob until he gets home so he can bury her. I grabbed a red-eye flight from Alaska, and on that early morning, Thursday morning, when I arrived home, I'll never forget it, I opened the door from our garage to our kitchen. And for the first time in 13 years, when I stepped through that door, my dog wasn't there. And I cried again. I went over to our kitchen uh, window over the sink, and I just peered out over the backyard, and the tears just flowed. And what I realized was that Bear's love for me was really an expression of God's love. That the way she chose me every single day, undeserved, unmerited, over-the-top, crazy about me, is the way that God chooses and loves me every single day, and he chooses and loves each of you every single day. He's crazy about you. It's why six weeks later we had to get another one. I just had to. <laughs> and this is Blue. And I love him to death, but he's crazy. And some of our neighbors go to this church. I'm so sorry for <laughs> hands up in your garages and in your business. It's just unbelievable. But God knew I needed a tangible expression of his love. How about you? One final time. In Christ, you are chosen. That's who you are. You are not what others think of you. You are not your past. You are not your failures. God has chosen you. God values you. God loves you with a lavishing kind of love. He can't help himself. It's his nature. And God extends his forgiveness to you. To have forgiveness, to be forgiven of everything you've done is the greatest thing on planet Earth. Do you have God's forgiveness? How I want to end today is just to pray for all of our campuses and those of you watching online. And I want to pray pray a prayer of salvation for those of you who are sitting there or listening to these words and saying, you know, Bob, I don't feel chosen. I don't feel valued. I don't feel loved by God and I don't sense his forgiveness. It could be that you're not in Christ. So I want to give you that chance. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it quietly where you sit. God knows your heart. If you pray this prayer quietly to yourself, sincerely, God will respond 
and you'll begin to experience his choosing, his forgiveness, his love. You'll begin to feel valued, a brand new life. So at all campuses, let's just stay seated quick. We'll pray and then we'll be done. Father, thanks so much for these spiritual blessings that are offered to us. God, right now, right here, there are some who are going to respond in prayer to open their heart to you and ask you, Jesus, to come in. They want to be in Christ, and they want Christ. They want you to live within them. And if that's you, just quietly pray this prayer to yourself, to God. God knows your heart. Just quietly pray this prayer. Receive Jesus today into your life. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me before the world began. Today, I want to respond to that choosing, and I want to choose you. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I confess them to you right now. There are so many to count. But Lord, I am confessing that I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer to restore me. And so God, right now, right here, I respond to your choosing. Thank you that you value me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that as I've confessed my sins, you are forgiving me right now. Thank you for saving me, giving me the promise of eternal life right here, right now in this moment. Jesus, from this day forward, I'm going to make it a priority to worship you, to find a church to make it a habit to walk into church and to read your word and to pray, God, I want to know you better. Let your word saturate my being. Thank you, Jesus, for this day, for saving me in this moment, for now and eternity. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quick. If you prayed that prayer, please text BELIEVE555888. Sorry, that sounds like a commercial. It's not meant to. We just want to give you give you some materials, and then you can also stop by in our Next Steps class, and then I guess there's a game on today, so God bless all of you. Thank you.